Wrexham are promoted. They have their storybook ending. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for joining me today. For anybody who's new to the podcast, this is a show where I comment and analyze on both the Welcome to Wrexham documentary series and Wrexham's performance in games in general. So uh, I am a documentary filmmaker, and so I absolutely love the Welcome to Wrexham series and love to give my commentary and analysis on what I think they did wonderfully, the few things I think they did wrong, and then just comment on the characters and, and the structure of the whole of the whole series. So right now I'm trying to get through the first season, um, doing a podcast episode about each episode of the series. And this one is about season one, episode 11, titled Sack the Gaffer. And if you've been listening to this podcast, then you know that I think giving a coach or a manager half a season, or in this case, 10 or 11 games to prove himself is absolutely ridiculous. The haste it, with which you fire coaches in, in soccer drives me crazy. I just, I don't think that's enough time. You know, this is my personal opinion, clearly, People don't agree because coaches get fired all the time after just a few games. So uh, I just don't think that's enough time for a coach to settle in, build a culture, build team unity, have everybody gelling together. I think that it takes a decent amount of time. I, I would if I were hiring a coach, unless he was doing something horrendously wrong and losing basically every single game, I would probably give a coach minimum, absolute minimum one year, but likely two to three years to to build a team up. So, you know, it might be a different culture in American football because that's what I've mainly watched th that in American and basketball throughout my whole life. Um, haven't the, the most amount of soccer I've watched is U.S. soccer. Uh, it's been my primary um, primary viewing experience is United men's national team soccer. Uh, so yeah, I just, the idea of firing Phil Parkinson because he's not doing well in the first 10 games of the season is just dumb in my opinion. So we open this episode with Parkey explaining this, that he un understands that the fans have expectations and those expectations have risen massively since um, Rob and Ryan have bought the team. Um, but he doesn't want any of those expectations to create tension among among his club uh, because that can happen. Like the the having that much pressure on you to try to get promoted can definitely make players uh, less patient with each other, more willing to blame people for things that are going wrong, and less likely to gel. So I, I think it's you know the fact that he's focusing on. Um, maintaining peace and dedication and no tension 
in the in the locker room is a is a good thing. Um, they're currently 13th in the league. Uh, Lee Butler, who's the goalkeeper coach, has been working with Parkey for 10 years and hopes that this won't be a one-year stint at Wrexham. Um, and yeah, Parkey says he's determined to bring the town success and he will ultimately take the responsibility of failure if need be. Um, and he does mention that it seems that the lifespan of a coach at clubs gets shorter and shorter every year, which, again, dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, Kerr, Humphrey Kerr pops in here and says, uh, thus far, it's been just over the line of acceptable um, throughout this, you know, the first part of this season. They're, they're being down in 13th. If there were any lower, there might actually be a legit conversation about letting Parky go, which... Oh my gosh, I just think it's dumb. Um, he says, not ideal after this part of the season, obviously. And they're basically taking the next 10 games as a litmus test to determine whether or not changes need to be made. Um, they mentioned that Hyde is injured, Kwame is back, but not 100%. And they're going to need to... Parkey wants to sign some players at the January transfer window. Um, Sean Harvey mentions that in a, in a meeting with Parkey that Rob and Ryan are the biggest asset to the club, but also a pretty big detriment when it comes to signing new players. And this totally makes sense. If, if Hollywood stars who have millions of dollars buy a club, people are going to immediately think that that club now has all the money in the world will be much tougher in negotiating with that club and demand more money for their time. So uh, it totally makes sense that that is uh, a problem for signing new new players. Parkey says he needs a striker, that's the key, and he thinks all the other pieces will fall into place if they get a good striker. So then Sean calls Rob. Rob, uh, or Sean lets him know what the, <laughs> what the budget was. Started out with a 1.5 million pound budget and it's turned into 2.3 million. So 800,000 pounds more so far that he has, that they have spent on wages um, contracts for that season. So quite, quite a bit over budget. I mean, that's what, 50% over budget, give or take. That's no small number. That's a, that's, a, that's a big number. That's daunting, especially when you're not guaranteed to go up. Because as we talked about a few episodes ago, every year that they're in the National League with this amount of wages, they lose a million pounds or 1.1 million pounds. Um, so it's, a de it's, it's not a desperate situation, but it is definitely something where a lot hangs on on getting promoted. And it is a basically a necessity at this point. So they talk about you know investing in new players, and Sean says that uh, Sean mentions that originally Rob had said it needs to be a sustainable. Uh, the, the endeavor needs to be sustainable, and uh, <laughs> Sean says that it is sustainable as long as Rob agrees to continue to pay for it. <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that's the definition of sustainable, but that's pretty dang funny. Um, they then cut to Rob and Ryan reading tweets from fans, 
which you always got to take tweets with a grain of salt. Like it's people who are just gut reacting to things, people who are hiding behind handles. And it's a bunch of people who are upset with the team. And that's kind of what Twitter's for anyway. It's voicing your mainly your negative opinions, um, which is why I tend to like Instagram. It's kind of the opposite. It's voicing only like if you if you bounce back and forth between Twitter and Instagram, you get a good balance <laughs> of hatred and love. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, lots of people want a new manager and are unhappy with Parky. Rob and Ryan then talk about the, the possibility of firing Parkinson. And I don't it, it definitely appears that they have no intention on doing that. And Rob wants to give him time, but is unsure about the money for the transfer window. It's at this point that Rob leans on the armrest of a couch and it collapses. Clearly meant to collapse, but I've never seen a couch like that. Has anybody ever seen a couch where the arm collapses to make it some type of weird pillow chaise lounge kind of couch. I've never seen that before in my life and I don't really understand what the point of that would be. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a weird couch. It doesn't drop down all the way. It, there's no way that that's comfortable to lay on. I don't even know what that would be. I, I have no idea why you'd have that couch, but apparently Ryan said, ask Blake about it. <laughs> so. I don't know, that, that, that's an interesting one. I need to see what the manufacturer thought was the purpose of that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 10 more matches prior to the January transfer window, which is crunch time for Parky. So this they'll take these next 10, 10 games and decide whether or not changes need to be made. Um, Parky huddles up the team and says uh, he wants the team to embrace that they are a club that's on their way up and to enjoy the challenge. And I love that. I love that speech. I love that idea um, to embrace the challenge, enjoy the challenge, um, have confidence that you are on a team on your way up, on your way to get promoted, but enjoy the hard work that comes with it. Um, that's, that's something that's missing quite a bit. People tend to focus on the outcome rather than the journey. And the journey is the whole thing. The outcome is there for a split second. You know, the outcome is there for a split second. Then you're on to the next thing where you need a new outcome. So enjoying what you're doing, working hard, enjoying yourself, working hard. That's, that's the way to go. All right, I'm gonna run through these really quickly. Um, these are the 10 games, I think 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Yeah, these are the 10 games that happen just before the January transfer window with the last one happening one day into it. So we got Aldershot, we beat them 5-0 away. We've got Kingsland Town, we beat them 6-2 away. And then we tied with Weldstone. <laughs> Zero zero, while Rob had invited all of his friends to come watch the game at a bar at his bar in Philadelphia. Um, and a zero zero tie. I mean, talking to Americans about soccer, especially Americans older than 40, 
um, is can be frustrating. Most of them think soccer is boring. Most of them think, you know, English football, football, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to, for this instance, since I'm talking about Americans, I'm going to say soccer. Most of them think soccer is boring. They don't care about it. So the fact that he invited all of his friends over to his bar to watch a soccer game that ended in a 0-0 draw is, quite frankly, hilarious. I mean, that would bore the crap out of a bunch of my friends, and they would just get annoyed. I'd guarantee you everybody's phone would be out. They'd be scrolling around on Instagram, doing other things, talking amongst themselves, back to the TV. That's kind of how it would go, and that's... I can feel his pain. I've had... I've had like movie premieres and I've just, you know, shown uh, uh, cuts of shows and movies to friends and family. And I've seen them <laughs> during <laughs> during my my shows and movies doing their own thing and not paying attention. And that's brutal. So I can't imagine owning a football club and them not paying attention and being annoyed with the with the outcome. Um and being just bored through the entire thing. It's like, kind of makes you sweat as an owner, I would imagine. Um, so yeah, going on down the line, we beat Halifax Town 2-1. We beat Bromley 2-0. We're up to seventh place. Then we lose to Yeovil 2-0. Then beat Dover 1-0. Beat Weymouth 1-0. Beat Ald Aldrichum. I cannot. I can never pronounce that word. Um, that town, Aldrichum Town, um, two zero. Then the final of the ten games, we lose to Knotts County three one. However, at that point, we're in third daggum place. Third place. He just went from what was it? Was it thirteenth place? Thirteenth in the league to third in the league by January second. What an impressive run. This is why you got to be patient, man. This is why like patience pays off, especially when you've hired a manager who has done well in the past at getting teams promoted. Like just give him some time, be a little patient, get off his back and let him do his thing. Like just because he's not doing it things the way you want them done does not mean that it's not the way things should be done. So he knows what he's doing. He's trying to build, you know, long-term culture as well as short-term success. So that you have to take a lot of things into consideration when you're building up a club and with a long-term plan of, you know, five, 10, 15 years down the road. Um, that takes a lot of planning, a lot of patience, and a lot of moves that don't make sense in the short term, but will make sense in the long term. So yeah, every everything that he, did during this time, I, I freaking love. Um, during this time, Rob gets advice from Nick Sirianni and Jeffrey Lurie, who uh, are the coach and the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, respectively. Um, Jeffrey mentions that sports is popular because it's unpredictable. Yes, yes, that is absolutely true. It's people line up for like plays and movies, not because they're unpredictable, um, but because. I mean, some movies, I guess, but like that play is going to end the same way every single time. That movie is going to end the same way every single time. Sports is life. 
you get the ups and downs, you get everything that goes along with it. People get injured, people get taken out, you know, people, it's, it is a small microcosm of life put into a game, put into a sport. And that's why people love it is because it is real people trying their hardest to survive and to win. That's why people like it. I, I don't know if it's the unpredictability. Um, that definitely adds to it. Like, it's no fun, really, if you're like, I don't know why anybody really goes to the Harlem Globetrotter games. I remember going to it as a kid. As a kid, it's fun because it's silly and goofy and weird. But like, I don't know. I, I don't think I would go to it nowadays. Um, like People are obsessed with this team called the Savannah Bananas. I believe down in Savannah, Georgia, where it's a baseball team that is basically Harlem Globetrotters, but for baseball. And I just don't get it. They're a huge thing here in the US for some reason right now, and I just don't get it at all. But um, Jeffrey mentions also that you got to think about, you know, just what, exactly what I was just saying. You have to think about 12 months, 24 months, five years into the future and beyond. What kind of culture do you want? You have to have patience and foresight. You can't just be making decisions willy-nilly based on, you know, the whims of the fans and the whims of the crowd and the whims of the people around you. You have to um, think about how it's going to affect everything about the club. And he also says, don't shy away from tough decisions. So if you have to fire somebody, fire them. If you have to make the tough decision to keep somebody, like Parkey in this instance, keep them despite taking a little bit of abuse from from the fans so good advice good advice we cut to parky talking about being you know his first firing from hull city and it crushed him he thought the world was ending <laughs> um and through that and other firings he learned uh he learned from what he calls the knockbacks um, to not be resentful or regretful and to just move on. It's a part of life. Don't look back and wish you'd done things differently. Just move on and continue to work hard. It's fantastic. Um, and I love that he speaks, he like intermingles with the supporters during the week and gets a feel for what the town is feeling, what the fans are feeling, what the morale is like. And yeah, it's a great, it's a great way to understand understand what your supporters are like and what they uh what they think about about what you're doing and, and how things are going um he, he mentions also that football clubs can lift a community and boy is that true boy is that true especially in small towns like it in in the u.s every like american football team is in a giant city giant city millions of people in almost every single one um so it's not it's not exactly the same like Wrexham's a small town um many of these towns are small towns that have these these football clubs these soccer soccer clubs and it would make far more sense that you know if if a town has 40,000 people in it and the stadium holds 10,000. That's a quarter of the friggin' stadium. That's a quarter of the town in the stadium to watch these games. So it makes sense that a 
like the the rise and fall of a club could also coincide with the rise and fall of a town and a community. And so that's been one of the biggest things that Rob and Ryan have talked about during this whole process is wanting to make it good for the town. And that's admirable. And it seems to be going that direction and doing really well. Um, we also get a small, uh, small appearance from uh, Sam Alton. Alton, Halton, not Alton, Sam Halton during this episode, uh, doing a video vlog on his way to a, to a match and during the match, which I friggin' love. I'm sure he's on TikTok. I think he is on Instagram, but uh, I don't think he posts anything on there. And I just, I can't be bothered with TikTok, y'all. I don't like TikTok. Uh, I get a little addicted to it. TikTok's uh, like agreement that you have to sign by downloading the app man is extremely invasive so tiktok is not my favorite favorite app um, apologies for this sound there we go had to shut my um my fan vent because it's getting a little windy outside um so yeah i'm sure he's on tiktok i would man i would love to have that kid on the show i would he'd be a fun one to talk talk Rexham with so maybe i'll try to reach out to him through Oh, maybe TikTok. Maybe I'll just download it to message him. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, Rob invites friends to watch the game, yada, yada, yada. Parky and his son have breakfast. His son, George, seems awesome. Um, the fact that father and son work together, George has wanted to work in soccer his whole life and doesn't mind following his father around, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, he likes working with his dad, so... Then we cut to, yeah, we kind of bounced around a little bit, but basically this episode ends with, uh, at this rate, they're in third place, which means at this rate, they're not going to get promoted. Um, the enthusiasm meter comes back during this Yeovil game that, uh, that we cut to. Yeovil game, halftime score, we're down 1-0. And the halftime enthusiasm meter hops up to 20 times that you get to hear Phil's enthusiasm. <laughs> 20 times in a speech that's probably less than three minutes. It's unbelievable the amount of enthusiasm that guy has. But it seemed to have worked because second half, we dominated and came back 1-2-1. The... Club decides they're sticking with Phil. He proved himself and has built a great culture. And then enters Ollie Palmer. I love that they compare him to the Irish guy in Braveheart. I need to rewatch that movie. It has been probably a decade since I've seen that movie. And that is a great freaking movie. Um, I got like, this is the part of the episode where I got chills comparing him, comparing Ollie Palmer screaming after he scores a goal, screaming into the stands. Um, comparing him to the Irish guy in Braveheart. I mean, just a fantastic way to end the episode. It it leaves you galvanized to want to keep following the team and know how they do. It's like it's a it's a good kind of cliffhanger. The bad kind of cliffhangers are when they don't tell you who they sign, and you're just like, okay, well, that's frustrating. Like, will we sign him? Will we? You know, will we not? I don't know. But in this one, they 
say straight up they signed Ollie Palmer, and that's where uh, that's where the episode ends. So, yeah, uh, Rob Ryan Red put out a uh, Instagram post, probably a tweet as well today about how they feel that Ollie Palmer has now earned his starting spot for every single game you know, for this foreseeable future. And man, I agree. That guy has been hustling. He's been in every, like in so many of the big plays that we've had. And it's because he's hustled to get there. He's fought for his spot. Um, I've loved Ollie Palmer since he joined the club and I love him still. So uh, glad to see that he is crushing it this year, doing a great job working his butt off. It's great to see. That'll do it for today, y'all. I am the Wrexham Texan. You can go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan at Wrexham Texan. Um, you can also email me, um, director at peacefulcproductions.com. And please go leave a rating, go leave a review. Tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me you got a bone to pick with me, you know, whatever. Just, uh, I would love some, you know, more interaction with fans. I've had a little bit. Um, fans, please. Listeners. Um, I don't want any fans. Don't become a fan. Just become a listener of the podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a fan of Joe Rogan, but uh, I'm also a listener. But um, Anyway, I don't, pff, I'm going off the rails here at the end. This is kind of unraveling here at the end of this episode. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening. I am the Wrexham Texan up the town. gonna see it you're gonna see it and if you knock my soul with all your strength you're gonna find it you're gonna find it